the main competitors is doing nothing. Many companies don't buy carbon credits today because of uh, carbon credit acquisition, acquisition reality. My two cents is we need to finance projects and companies have to claim correctly what they do with carbon credits. But financing project is always better than non-financing project. Um, and so that's the main thing we want to fight against. Alberto here. And this is The Pitch. The Pitch is a weekly show where I interview founders from early-stage startups to analyze their businesses. We will cover the problem, solution, potential market size, team, and more. Since in my day-to-day I lead business development at Atom, a startup making buying and retiring carbon credits simple and transparent, I decided to dedicate this season to carbon startups. Join me in this journey, learning what founders are building to fight climate change. Today's guest is Grégoire Girodin one of the three co-founders of Reverse, where he is responsible for partnerships. He is a master from HSF and started his career in digitalization and customer success. He decided to launch Reverse to have a direct impact on climate change. Hi, Greg. Uh, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Alberto. Thanks for the invitation. To yeah, start right off the bat, uh, could you pitch Reverse in a couple of sentences and tell me what you're building there? Yes, sure. So, Reverse is a carbon credit standard for European green techs. So, what does that mean uh, concretely? Uh, we enable decarbonization solutions. It can be uh, bioenergies, biosource materials, refurbishing or recycling units to measure, verify and monetize their impact. And the goal is to enable the development and the scaling of decarbonization solutions. Okay, that's uh, that sounds uh, like a, a good quest to have. How did you come uh, about building this, right? Uh, like, were you casual founders, like you just woke up one day, oh, that's what I need to build? Or you were like really looking for some uh, some problem to solve something specific in the market? Yeah, it's a good question. So we started to think um, about building the company three years ago. Um, so we are, we are three founders. Uh, the two others are very good friends of mine. Uh, I know Clément for 15 years, he's a high school friend, and Ludo for 10 years, um, friends from university. And basically, um, it was, I wanted to launch my uh, startup project for quite a few, um, a few years, uh, let's say. And when I decided to move forward, I wanted also to um, compile the fact to launch a startup plus having an impact because I wanted to be a to have no regrets, let's say, in the fight fight against climate change. And so the goal was uh, only to, um, the main goal of the company, we'll have to bring impact. Then uh, Ludovic and Clément were aligned on this. So we were three co-founders with uh, good skills, I guess, complementary skills, and wanting to have impact. And then the idea doesn't come, come uh, from, from uh, anywhere. It was a lot of research. So we took like nine months to do uh, research about like, um, what are the good solutions to fight climate change? What are the issues? And we came up with the idea of a new carbon credit standard to enable a green tech and circular economy project to monetize impact. Yeah, that sounds uh, like uh, like a journey. So, quick question, or like follow up on this, and if there is someone out there who wants to help in this fight against climate change, uh, and yes, yeah, looking to build something, um, where would you start? First of all, would you like? quit your job? I don't know if that's what you did. Did you just quit your job and you spent nine months researching without an idea or it was more uh, progress? Like, okay, let's look into it. And once we have something, we kind of quit our job and we start building. Yeah, I think that depends. In my case, uh, I was not in the decarbonization field before and it was not the case really for the three of us. 
on personal matters, it was the case, but not on professional matters, I would say. And so we need research because we were too far away from, uh, from um, what's paid. Um, so I believe, yeah, first things, quitting jobs or staying in your jobs, you need to under understand what, what are the stakes and what is needed. Um, in our case, in our case, we decided to focus on uh, financing, and that's why we came up with the seniors. On the other hand, I guess there is a lot of um, industrial projects that uh, need uh, support, meaning there is a lot of uh, we we can finance uh, many many projects, but we need people for delivering this project as well. And so I believe in low carbon energy, low carbon materials, carbon capture. There is a lot of very very cool um, industrial project support. So I would say first. Um, understand how it works. Second, find good uh, people to work with. That was the second step. And third, uh, find the, the business or the activity where you can be the more, uh, the more powerful. Yeah, that's, that's quite, quite a guide. I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will, will take that. Digging a bit deeper in the problem, uh, you mentioned what you're solving uh, slightly, but could you elaborate on like what is the exact problem that's out there? Uh, and especially, uh, why now? Why is it so relevant now to do to take the approach you're taking uh, to uh, fight climate change? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, well, like we, we focus on financing because if you take the global picture, the main problem I would like fight against climate change it's uh, it's money because it costs a lot of money to finance this transition, and so there is a big lack. Even if there is more and more money driven to the transition, there is still a big lack of money. There was this BCG study, notably, who mentioned that you, overall in the world, we will need to multiply by six the investment in low carbon transition in order to reach Paris Agreement. In France itself, it's 20 to 40 billions per year of euro that are missing. So there is a huge lack of, uh, of, uh, of financing. And on the other end, it was in the last latest report of the IPCC. When you finance massively solutions like windmills or solar, like solar panels or, uh, or wind pan or wind, wind energy, basically, it reaches states where it's uh, profitable and it's uh, efficient enough to be uh, developed at large scale. So we need to find the best innovation and to push them with sufficient money so that they become uh, a spread worldwide. So that was a big problem we wanted to solve, um, contribute to accelerate the financing. On the other hand, on the ground, we could meet a lot of projects uh, like in their factories, on fairs, on events, and they had all they had all very good ideas, but they were all lacking of financing. And in fact, it was very complicated for them to monetize their impact, and notably because the voluntary carbon market was not meant for circular economy project and decarbonization solution. It's mostly made for nature-based solution or uh, like highly innovative uh, CDR technologies. And so there is this big room that we need to decarbonize really, really fast. There is a lack of financing. And on the other hand, there is no way for uh, this project to get financed for the voluntary carbon market. And so that's why we, the gap we try to solve, enable any kind of circular economy project and decarbonization project to monetize the, its impact if you need it to scale. Mm -hmm. On the kind of why now part, uh, um, why do you think it's uh, uh, also like from a market timing perspective, a good moment to uh, add these new credits to the market, to a market that, as you said, uh, it's legacy in nature uh, or now like with uh, 
that at air capture, right? Like we we went from like the low hanging fruit to like really hard technologies to implement. Why do you think that now something like what you are building uh, is needed in the market, and why do you think the market is ready for it? Yeah, very good question. First of all, we we would have we would we should have done this like uh, ten years ago because there was already a lack of financing. But this is now a very good moment because, in fact, the voluntary carbon market changed drastically after Paris Agreement. Before, in fact, it was a mechanism which came from the Kyoto Protocol, which was meant to finance clean development mechanism in countries, uh, in, uh, in mostly in Asia, Africa, and South America. And in fact, since Paris Agreement, it was the end of the Kyoto Protocol, and we reached a second level where uh, continent countries and therefore corporates need to engage themselves in net zero, uh, in net zero ta- with net zero target. In order, in order to reach a net zero state as soon as possible um, globally. And to be net zero, in fact, obviously uh, companies would reduce their emissions. Um, but there is, we, we are, uh, we are uh, emitting carbons right now with this podcast. Everything is emitting carbons. So we will need carbon credits to reach the net zero state. So the demand for carbon credits will be multiplied by 40 between 2020 and 2030 by 300 between 2020 and 2050. So it's a definitely a good time to increase um, the number of available carbon credits um, because it's necessary. And last but not least, due to um, the Article 6.4 of Paris Agreement, there is more and more a logic of uh, buying carbon credits in your country or in your continent. And so there was very few European carbon credits and so that's why we needed to to develop projects eligible for carbon credits in Europe. Mm-hmm. That that makes a lot of sense uh, as far as the problem goes. Uh, talking about your your solutions, uh, how do you plan to solve this? And especially, uh, how does your product actually look? Yes. So first of all, we have two main activity. We develop a carbon credit standard, so a protocol. So this is not a, a product itself. It's a way to apply to the voluntary carbon market mechanism for new projects. So this is a scientific research. And after, we have a MRV product. So MRV stands for Measure, Report, and Verify that facilitate the usage of this protocol. So we develop the methodology and we develop the tool to apply to this methodology. Basically, if we focus on uh, the product of the, M- the MRV product, we have four more features. First one is about measurement. So it's, we build a comparative life cycle analysis data model to assess the avoided and uh, captured emission. That's the first on the measurement, LCA data model platform. Second, it's a reporting interface so that we collect all the documents, all the source uh, that will prove the impact and the eligibility of the project. Third, it's a verification module so that we can onboard third-party auditors on the platform. So, for example, we work with KPMG or Verifavia. What they do, they connect on the platform and they have automatically all the criteria of the carbon credits and all the answers and the documents from uh, the project. We make it far easier and so time-saving and so less uh, costly. And last but not least, uh, we have a carbon credit standard and registry that makes the, trust, the trustability of the carbon credits and we give access to our network of best-in-class best in class reseller of carbon credits, notably, uh, notably Atem. Mm-hmm. 
what's um, what has been your perception of uh, kind of how companies uh, are taking this uh, on the kind of the current generation side are they like ready to take on these processes and you think that's like this uh, monetary aspect is what was needed to get them over the line uh, otherwise they would have waited 10 more years before like looking at solutions uh, like the ones you offer yeah sure i guess the, um, the project are more than ready today we, we are two years and a half more old company so it's pretty uh, young company and we receive uh, five to ten inbounds of projects who want to monetize their impact through our, um, our certification process every week uh, in France, but also in Germany, in the Nordics, in the UK, and um, in different countries. So there is a, a really strong willingness to uh, do the MRV of project, to be able to justify the impact and to monetize it in different ways. And how and if you face this, like looking at the other side of the... Uh, of the market, so who would buy these credits? Um, have you faced issues about trust in your methodology uh, and uh, believing in, in your methodology, given it's not the, the standard that has been used for years and years and like what people are used to? Uh, and if so, how how do you get around this? Like, how do you explain this? Well, yes, it's a very good question. And it's the most challenging stuff we have been facing since the beginning. Because in fact, we created a carbon credit standard from nowhere. It's a voluntary carbon market. So there is no um, specific regulation. Uh, so we follow international guidelines, but we created this from from scratch. Um, so obviously, it was one of the main challenges. We overcome it with um, a lot of different aspects. First of all, we implied a lot of uh, recognized um, third party who checked, audit, and verify our standard. So we make a big audit by TNV Group, the Norwegian company, uh, specialized in the carbon credit audits. And then every, so they, they validated in a way or they, everything about the standard. Then every project is reviewed, validated and verified every year by a third party auditor that will be uh, accredited uh, with uh, ISO, uh, two ISO uh, norms, basically. So in fact, we just create the protocol that the project to be certified has to be through an audit by KPMG or Verifavia, um, which are very uh, picky and precise in their analysis. Um, that's of the first one, making uh, third-party auditors in the, adding third-party auditors in the loop. Second one is transparency. So in fact, we open everything that we do, all our standard rules, our methodology, our registry, our documents. So everything is, is can be auditable in any time, in a way. Uh, that gave uh, gave trust um, as well. And last but not least, in fact, we spent a lot of time to convince big uh, buyers and resellers, uh, which are the biggest in the market. And in fact, they sell reverse carbon, reverse certified carbon credits because we don't sell ourselves. And in fact, it gave also the recognition and the uh, capacity to bring trust uh, because we got analysis by the biggest specialist of the carbon credit market. Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense on the uh, yeah kind of what you're building. What was the problem? How you're solving it? In terms of uh, uh, customers, um, who are your customers? I guess on both sides. Uh, I mean, we touched on the first one, but like uh, so on the project developer side, carbon credits generation side, and also on the end buyer. Um, you mentioned you don't sell directly, but do you have a feeling of like? Which type of companies uh, end up buying your uh, your credits? Yes. So on the um, green tech side, 
it's only European fintechs uh, that have projects they need to finance in the methodology we have developed already. So our ICP, uh, mostly like yeah, people who develop projects, it can be in uh, IT or battery refurbishment, uh, it can be in textile recycling, it can be in biogas, biochar. So it's yeah, a European project who need carbon finance to develop itself. On the other way, our uh, targets, our customers, it's mainly partners, in fact. So it's like a portfolio manager of a carbon credit marketplace or consultancy, let's say. Um, and at the end, who is the end buyer? It's, cor- it's European corporate. They want to support projects in their value chain. So I take an example. We have a lot of projects uh, supporting IT refurbishing uh, facilities. And these carbon credits uh, are bought by um, company really implied in green IT. So it can be software companies, it can be uh, IT integration company, it can be service company, whatever. Companies who have an interest to see a strong uh, refurbishing uh, economy about electronic device in Europe. And in terms of like the current status, uh, uh, like how many customers you have uh, and uh, yeah, kind of how many people are, are using uh, your, buying your credits? Yeah, overall, it will be like around 50 customers. Um, we have more projects that have been using the MRV, but I, uh, they are not in the carbon fleet themselves. But let's say between like a certified project, reseller and buyer, it will be like around 50 customers. And every time, it's not a lot of users. We are not a user-based model. So it will be between one, two, maybe three people in each company that will access our tools. A question now that is uh, yeah a bit out of the bloom, but I felt like uh, it made sense uh, when you were referring to uh, targeting corporates and how you like your uh, partnership to reach clients. But uh, are you also planning to get approved by uh, organization like ICRA, for example, to be recognized as one of the registries, uh, one of the trusted registries? Because uh, as you mentioned, you are taking all the right steps. But we also know that basically anybody could wake up tomorrow and say, oh, I create my carbon registry. Uh, and so, like, in my view, in the market, there is this, like, I crawl or not I crawl. This is, like, a really technical question. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what's your thinking there? And do you think I crawl is a good way that uh, um, companies uh, should use to filter credits, given that they don't have the capacity or ability to look into methodologies every time, basically? Yes. In fact, we are following the three kind of accreditation we are looking for. It's ICROA, Corsia, and the ICVCM1. Uh, to be frank, we are not able to communicate on the stage of the process where we are, but uh, I can confirm it's something we are looking uh, we are looking at very closely uh, for each other. And regarding if it's important, yeah, I guess it's it's 100% sure um, you need a recognition market, and so it's really important to follow um, the market standard, and so that's what we do. On the other hand, on the buyer side, we know that it's not because it's 100% ICRA, that it will be 100% perfect. And that's why there is like rating agencies like B0 or Silvera who are existing as well. And I believe it's, that's why like companies like yours basically are really important to source a high quality carbon credits and to go through what is a good carbon credit and what's not because the standard itself cannot be a sufficient answer. And now also corporates are more uh, picky, I guess, on uh, what kind of carbon credit they want to support, on the quality of project, on the link with their activity. And so that's why, why, uh, that's why you are here, basically. And we are here as well. 
Yeah, makes uh, ma- makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, looking at your business model, uh, how does that work? There are a lot of moving pieces, so I guess that the question is, how do you make money? Yes, I two. Uh, we have two business models. Basically, the classic one is a commission on the say on the transaction of carbon credit sales. Uh, we did exactly the same that Puro and this one. Um, carbon credit standard. You have two models. Either it's a, either it's an issuance fee or either it's a transaction fee. Issuance fee will be more vera and gold standard because they are more established standards. For new standard, it's whether a transaction fee, meaning if you make if the project make money, you make money, but the project don't have to pay in advance. On the other hand, we have also for project who just want to use our MRV platform without carbon credits, we have a subscription uh, that is a complementary business. And looking at uh, uh, traction, or better, like how do you uh, how do you know you are building something that the market wants? Uh, how do you also keep motivated? What the number that says, oh yes, that's like we are we are doing something right. We are we are ready to scale. Yeah, uh, we have one North Star. Our North Star KPI is the number of tons we verified every year because it means the number of tons we have access and are ready to go on the, on the market. So it's really the KPI we, the KPI we track. Uh, obviously, it's thing to. Uh, uh, the money we brought, the number of projects we certified, the number of partners on board. But the main KPI, as we are not the carbon credit seller, we are carbon credit issuance platform. Our main KPI is to uh, issue carbon credits. And so uh, that's why we track um, yeah, the number of tons issued, which is uh, around 28,000 tons today, uh, is the KPI we track. Yeah, that's that's impressive for a new methodology, uh, and uh, yeah, it's like you're not uh, relying on uh, decades-old old approaches, right? So it's it's quite quite great. Congrats! Um, and talking about the competition, so it's it's a big market. It's growing. Uh, everybody knows. Everybody talks about it. Uh, but who do you see uh, as your main competitor? And is it a company your competitor, or uh, it's more uh, something more than a company? No, there, is, there is two ways to answer this, in fact. The main competitors is doing nothing. Many companies don't buy carbon credits today because of uh, carbon credit acquisition, acquisition reality. My two cents is we need to finance projects and companies have to claim uh, correctly what they do with carbon credits. But financing project is always better than non-financing project. Um, and so that's the main thing we want to fight against because there's, yeah, Companies making benefits, they reduce like 3% per year and it's enough rather than reducing 3% per year and offsetting 97% will bring far, far, far more money to the country. Second, in terms of pure competition, our competitors are carbon credit standards. So mainly Vera, Gold Standard, uh, Puro, uh, Label by Carbon in France. But in fact, each standard has its specificities and we have very few overlap between standards. So meaning... Um, even with other standards, we push project to other ones when we know we are not the good ones, and it happens very, very often. So basically, the goal is more to be specialized. We are specialized in circular economy project, and we are the only one in the world doing this, because in the world, there is maybe like 20 carbon credit standards at maximum. So yeah, obviously, the competitors are all other carbon credit providers, uh, but I think we have a, a common goal uh, for the moment. And what's your USP and how do you see that uh, lasting over time? Like, uh, do you think that more companies will come on and try to do exactly what you do? Or do you think you have a good uh, defensible position? 
But I hope like people will do exactly what we do because it proves that we have a good idea. Uh, but we have like big USP, it's the standard credibility plus a digitalized MRV platform because we are able to certify very efficiently uh, projects. And I think we have a focus, which is uh, Europe and circular economy that is good uh, as well. Because in fact, the more data you get, you get the more accurate you, you get over time. And so there is a strong defensibility in the fact to, uh, to, uh, to have your niche and to defend it over time. Talking about the more internal topics or like kind of what's, uh, what are your, uh, what are your key strengths as a team? Uh, why do you think your team is the right one to take on this challenge? Both of like the, the team you, I guess you, people you hired, but also from a founding perspective, what makes you the right founders to build this? Yes. It's a classic, uh, classic question. I believe we are a good team and there is many teams that could do what we do, but what, why we are a good team? Um, we are split in three categories. There is a climate team who is in charge of assessing projects. So it's mainly uh, LCA doctors uh, doing it. Then there is a technical team who is in charge of digitalization, digitalizing the processes uh, to increase our efficiency. And then there is a partnership team um, we are able to build partnership with both um, project and um, and reseller. Overall, uh, what what makes us good for the moment, I guess, it's uh, we are all driven by the same vision of impact. Like only like good people who want to things good and are motivated to do so. Um, and secondly, it's um, a lot of complementarity and autonomy in the team. Everyone has his scope, and there is no micromanagement. It's really like, uh, yeah, everybody is part of the project and we try to rely on this collective strength to do it. Uh, more specifically, the climate teams have uh, complementary expertise in uh, bioresources, in uh, recycling, industry. So they have like complementary expertise to build the LC model. The tech team have a very strong um, uh, customer uh, on top of hard skills of uh, developing software very strong customer uh, uh, logic and sensibility. And in partnership, I guess we are both able to understand the issues of uh, farmers producing biogas and the carbon credit uh, traders in London. And it makes us uh, uh, be able to make the link between these two worlds we uh, cannot communicate. And looking ahead, uh, what do you think are the major risks for what you're building? Uh, I mean, it's it's a new approach. You're not replicating something that everybody else did. So, what do you think are the the issue, like the challenges ahead, the major risks ahead? I believe like it's a nascent market, so you have always the risk that the market doesn't uh, grow up enough. Meaning, carbon credits, voluntary carbon credits will not grow. There will be too much accusation. The market will not be trusted enough and so it will, uh, it will stop. It can stop because of the market itself or because of external reason, geopolitical wars, social revolts, carbon is not a priority anymore. That's the big risk. And that's why we um, try to balance this risk with the MRV platform because we strongly believe there will be always a need to measure, report and verify on the impact. And so whatever the legislation will be, whatever the change will be, we will be able to adapt to uh, the frame, existing framework to uh, keep the existing the, the, the mission of the beginning, which is to contribute to finance the low carbon transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like quite a quite a quite a mission. 
Um, so uh, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, there is excitement about, around, around what you're building. Um, and I assume that's being reflected in your funding situation. So how does that uh, look? And also, uh, what's your plan ahead? Uh, are you raising soon or kind of what's the growth trajectory you see for Vibers? Yeah, I guess with the fact of being the climate tech help a lot to raise uh, a pretty good situation, either if the context was about climate that great. Uh, so we raised in April a pre-seed round, uh, notably with uh, Speed Invest, uh, with made in Austria, but there are offices everywhere in, uh, in Europe. Really focused on the climate tech and a very strong knowledge on carbon credit market. Evolem, which is a, a family uh, family office, a family VC fund in, uh, based in Lyon, was a strong uh, understanding of uh, decarbonization industrial processes um, and a strong uh, uh, footprints and it could be France and uh, some uh, good business angel from the UK, from Germany, and the US as well. Very strong climate and uh, startup expertise. Uh, so wait, we, we raised this 1.5 million in April. So we are more now trying to build based on, uh, on this in order to uh, raise uh, a seed fund uh, end of next year. Sounds really exciting. Uh, I could keep you here for like hours, probably with so many questions, and um, I hope we will connect soon again. Uh, to close it, if it's fine for you, I have like a rapid, uh, rapid fire questions. Uh, just like give me your immediate thoughts, if that sounds okay for you. Perfect. Amazing. Um, first, what is something that people get wrong about carbon credits? That it's a right of to, to produce. Like people think that companies more because they buy carbon credits. It's wrong. It's 100% wrong. All companies now, they know they need to reduce first and they need to buy carbon credits second. So if they buy carbon credits, it means they did the work properly uh, before. And it's positive. So we need to congrats companies that buy carbon credits and not uh, to put shame on them because they do pay machine, which is totally wrong. Is there a piece of content, an article, an essay, a blog, a book that you read about carbon credits uh, that you think that uh, our listeners should read? Uh, I don't know if this question is for everyone or just for me, but we did an excellent, uh, in my team, they did an excellent uh, guidebook with the 10 misconceptions about carbon credits. Uh, so it's 10 false ideas that you, uh, yeah, it's basically what people think, why it's wrong, in a second and with more developed content of uh, why uh, there is this uh, bad image of carbon credits even if it should be the case so it's definitely we can uh, something we can share to, uh, to your to your details. amazing uh, i will add it in the in the description for sure uh and talking about uh so the the next founder i have on in the future so like basically what someone else should be building given on what you saw in the market what you research i assume that you had like several ideas and then you pursued one um is there something else you see that needs to be built in fact it's we don't need to reinvent the wheel we need to apply what needs to be done so energy efficiency it's a huge topic and it's not that scalable you have manual things you need to to renovate houses. So any kind of business in renovation uh, will be uh, will be will be great. I think um, hydrogen is a bit more innovative, but we will need it to decarbonize um, um, also uh, the last fossil fuels. So it's definitely something 
which can be uh, can be impactful. And after the kind of project I prefer, it's a bioenergy and carbon capture and storage, meaning you use uh, biomass waste to produce both energy and biochar. This is super super cool project. The economics behind are still a bit tough because it's a complex project, but once we will have cracked this, this is a better usage of biomass waste because both energy and you store carbon, which is the best. So any kind of good engineers who want to have impact definitely should focus on uh, BECCS, which uh, could be one of the big uh, challenges to overcome in the next uh, five years. Amazing. So to all the engineers out there, that's what you should be looking at and what you should be building. Uh, when you do, uh, let me know and uh, I will have you on the pod. Amazing. So uh, last one, uh, how can our listener help you? There is two ways. If you have, um, if you know about very good um, green tech projects that are looking to monetize their impact uh, in Europe, more than happy to, to have a chat with them. And on the other side, if there is companies who want to buy um, carbon credits uh, in Europe, is contact Alberto and let's be together. Yeah, that's that was a that's a that's a great way to go. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it was great chatting with you, learning more about your projects. I'm really looking forward to go live with this and get the amazing inputs from our listeners. And yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you so much, Alberto. Bye bye. Another great elevator ride. Learning more about reverse and the innovative carbon credits they're bringing to the market. What stuck with me was their main competitor, doing nothing. It's a live motive I hear over and over in my day-to-day. Most companies don't offset their emissions, and that's a big problem. And trust is the main reason. Reverse scientifically proved methodologies addresses this issue. Don't miss out our future episode diving into the cutting edge of technology and carbon. Hit the subscribe button and see you next time.